Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together. I am your only host, Yen. So this、uh, might be the most important episode so far, and I'm not saying this because I want to attract new listeners. <laughs> I don't really think I can do that. I'm saying this because this could be the most profound episode, and by profound, I don't mean philosophical or deep or emotional or spiritual. By profound, I mean that it could be the most personal episode so far. Now, by personal,、um, I also don't mean that I'm going to tell you a bunch of the gossipy details of my personal life, but. Well, of course, they could come up if I see fit, but、um, I just mean that this is the stuff I would probably tell a therapist after I've known them for ten years. But I feel the urgency to share them, share my thoughts right now,、um, and this might be the very few times that I actually feel that urgency. The other times, I just <laughs> I just recorded because、um, it was about time to record a new episode.、Uh, today is different; it's really different. I want to discuss. A lot of things, and、um, I hope I hope、um, you enjoy this. So I guess the topic for today is when should we actually trust our gut in making a decision?、Um, another title for this topic could be、um, when is being a hopeless romantic actually good for you? <laughs> so this is something that、um, has recently. Popped up in my mind,、um, in my life, because somehow, even though I am living quite chill right now, I'm not really working, and I have a lot of free time. Somehow, there are just more things than ever to think about, and a lot of them involve、uh, making perhaps a life-changing、um, decision, and also. A lot of things just happen in life without you actively choosing or pursuing them. So I'm just personally quite confused about how to think about life and how to think about decision making. So where should I start? I think you must be a little bit confused right now, <laughs>、um, and you don't know where this is going.、Um, so let me start with a book. I might have mentioned this last week, but let me.、Um, Introduce it again. So, I read a book called "Don't Trust Your Gut" by、uh, Seth Stephens David Dowitz. <laughs> Seth Stephens David Dowitz. He's an economist, I believe, at Harvard. I don't remember,、uh, but he's an economist. And in the book, he talks about just that: don't trust your gut. And he's suggesting that we should really look at big data to know what's the actual.、Um, Objectively good decision for most people, and、um, it's saying that you could really use data for navigating most of the aspects of your life instead of just relying on your intuition.、Um, and、um, the data would guide you to、um, being the happiest you could, or being the richest you could, or just finding the right partner in your life and all that. And in pretty much every area in your life,、uh, it's better to、um, look at the data instead of just going with your intuition. And so, in the book, I think there are about twelve chapters or so. Each chapter is 
um, like a summary of the big data he found on a particular aspect of one's life. So I remember that chapter one was on finding a partner, and it's about research on online dating, for example. And、um, I don't think it is spoiler. You know, it's it's okay. I'm just going to talk about it. So the first chapter he talked about how. Um, people's intuition would be that oh, if you are attractive, it's much easier to attract. <laughs> it's much easier to to do well on online dating, as in more people will like your profile, and you have like a higher chance of、uh, finding the right person if you're attractive because you are being liked a lot more. And he's saying that this is not. This is true, but not as extreme as people would imagine. He's saying that even if you are not conventionally attractive, if you just try more, if you just ask more people out online or、uh, in real life, let's say,、um, you have a pretty good chance、um, at finding someone and. Even finding someone much more attractive than you are, and the chances are much higher than you would、um, imagine in in your own head. So, and also, I think if I remember correctly, I didn't take notes, but、um, he said that in the book, he said that、um, the best predictor for Finding a good partner is nothing that we would imagine. It has nothing to do with with looks or、uh, occupation or salary or even where you live. None of that. He says that、um, the most, the best predictor of a happy relationship、um, is. The emotional stability of both parties. I think that's the conclusion, and I don't remember the data. But he says that、um, the best predictors are emotional stability and be、um, oh attachment style, right? If both parties have the be-、um, the secure kind of attachment style, then <laughs> it's the best for your relationship.、Um, and there are some other factors, but basically. What、um, the, the external factors don't really matter that much, and the、um, best predictor of finding a good partner for you is first of all if you yourself is are emotionally stable and have a good balanced internal life, and if the person you're you're dealing with is also、um, emotionally stable and in general quite、um, have a good internal progress or like. Like, like a, it's just like a normal person, psycho- psychologically speaking. So I'm generalizing it a lot, but that's just an example of how、um, our how our intuition often is wrong.、Uh, because a lot of people, let's say, are just、um, thinking about how they should present themselves and how to look better, how to look more attractive, and、um, how to、um, increase their salary to to seem more attractive and all that. And he's saying that data shows that、um, this is perhaps not the best approach, and that's just one chapter. And so there are so many chapters that are just、um, some of them are quite surprising. I think like some of them you would think that、um, your intuition is probably correct, but、uh, most of the time you should just follow the data and do the things that.、Um, Objectively speaking, would actually make you happier, or、um, yeah. So that's the general theme of the book, and I, 
I would recommend it because it's quite an easy read. As in, like, if you're not generally interested in books on data or、uh, economy or you know an economist write writing, if you're not interested in that, I think it's easy to get into this book. And I finished this in two days, and I. I even listened to the podcast. So, um, and um, there are a lot of things to think about from this book. I think, and、uh, there's a chapter that I really like, which is on the happiness activity chart. Basically,、um, he quoted some experiment. Um, and where people are asked how happy they are compared、uh, doing that specific activity they're doing compared to not doing it, and all of these are quantified. And there's like a whole chart of a list of activities going from the happiest to the least happy. And、um, I think the moral of that chapter is that、um, you have to get out of your couch because a lot of people intuitively would think that oh, like lying in bed or just watching TV all day would make me happy. But in fact, data shows that、um, it's not that high on the list of happiness.、Um, Most of the things that are high on the list are actually quite active activities. Quite active activities, yeah. Like that, basically、um, involve more calorie burning and、uh, money spending, and、uh, you know, just watching TV is not, objectively speaking, that good for your happiness. And so, I was like going over the list, and、um, yeah, there is there is a trend. I think,、um, generally speaking, if you do spend more money on the activity, and if it, the activity involves going out, going away,、uh, it seems like people do rank it higher、um, for happiness.、Um, and of course, there's a, a glitch in this, which is I think that. It's probably because of the money spent in doing the activity that you have to feel happy. But anyway, that's a that's an issue for another day. The point is,、um, this is another example of、um, what this book is about. Basically, just like e- pretty much every single aspect of our life, from you know finding a job, finding a partner, to what activity I should do to be to feel happy right now. Pretty much every aspect could be ruined or mistaken by your gut feeling, and、uh, you're probably wrong on most of the things. And you should just <laughs> like the author is just promoting his own book, but basically you should go over the data、um, to see what could be best for you. And、um, this, of course, relates to something I've talked about a lot in the past, which is another book called、um, Oh damn it, I forgot the title. But the book is about. Uh, becoming a oh, oh okay the book is called the、uh, transformative experience I think yeah so it's about、uh, pretty much about the decision to become a parent and the author who is a philosopher argues that、uh, there's no objective way to know if、um, you're making the right choice because. Um, if it's an experience that's so transformative, like becoming a parent,、uh, she links it to becoming a vampire. She says that it's pretty much like becoming a vampire, and your whole being will be changed、uh, in that. Even though maybe from the th- a third party's point of view, you're not living a better life. You, as the person living that life, would have to believe that、uh, you're making. Like the right choice, and you are happier than before, and you cannot go back, and that it's just like you're just meant to be a parent and all that. So I feel like these two books have 
some sort of a parallel thinking where like they're similar in many respects and they might read the same reach the same conclusion had she studied economy um sorry economics and had he studied uh, philosophy i think they might write uh, write about the same things but the the point is that in transformative experience it's also about you know you should just look at the data and the data shows that uh, people who become parents are actually objectively speaking less happy and whatnot um, and that you don't really have the information before making the decision um, and a lot of the feelings that uh, you have as a parent are strictly there because you're already programmed to convince yourself that you must feel happy etc okay so i'm going into too much detail into the books and that's not exactly the point the point is that yeah so after reading all these books naturally um and being like a critical person that i am um naturally um i often convince myself to try to make the most rational choice and try to deliberate a little bit more before making any decision and um and uh, I, today I'm just thinking if I've actually, like if I've made the wrong, uh, right choice or yeah, if I made the wrong choice in doing that, in trying to do the research and as much as possible and in trying to gather things out, gather things together before I could um, like actually make a decision. And also how often do I actually follow this advice? That is to say, yeah, perhaps I believe that uh, I'm the kind of person who is really rational and who is the kind of person who would list a lot of things before I make a decision. But maybe ultimately what's pushing me isn't this rational thing that I'm doing. And it's still that I'm trying to justify what I've already decided in my gut to do. Right. Um, but as I said, it's not going to be today I don't want to do like philosophy or I don't want to do like a whole debate on this it's not going to be an abstract kind of talk I just I just want to talk about what's happened maybe in my life before and how I've reached um the point I am right now I don't know what point I am right now but um the point I'm at I don't even know what point that is but um it's just that Recently, I've been struck by um, a bunch of events that are totally not by my choice, but they are pretty much determined by another party. And yet, I feel like they control my life or determine the path of my life much more than all the thinking I could do for my own life. And um, so I've started to think that maybe... All of these scientists were like the economists and, and the philosophers are wrong um, in that, you know, I'm currently leaning towards maybe I should just trust my intuition, trust my gut, and uh, maybe that's better for me. And um, because, as I said, like there, there, there's been like quite a few events where I think they've just changed my life and I think they happened by chance and at least I don't even know the mechanics of how these things happen but I feel like there are just so many things that seem to have happened by chance but that determine the outcome of my life much more um, than what I could do in my own planning and um, 
and I feel like that might be like an overall trend of life. Like uh, I think a lot of people probably experience that as well. And um, I think yes, you still have to make some rational choices, but maybe um, not really for for the big things in life. I think maybe for just for the little things that you really have control over, like uh, what time to go to bed, uh, what to have for lunch. Yes, maybe these things you could control a little bit. But I feel like for bigger things in life that would actually shock you and that would actually change the. Uh, direction of your life. I feel like these things. Maybe you should go with your gut. So that's kind of the general thing of today. <laughs> and um, where should I, where should I even start? Um, yeah. So in an example of this is just that. Personally, for me, the things that I feel um, direct my life the most are actually people, and uh, people are completely. Uh, unpredictable, of course. There's no way I could control people. I don't even know what they're thinking, and obviously, I cannot control them if I don't talk to them uh, out of some idea. And if I, you know, if I don't even know what their ideas are, I there's no way I could control someone. And that's not who I am anyway. I'm not the kind of person who wants to control another human being. Um, and um, so I feel like people are the most important factor in determining where my life is going. And I'm speaking of, of course, um, personal relationships, but also of, um, let's say, hiring decisions. Um, let's start with hiring decision. I think that's an easier area. So yeah, of course, it's the people who hire me, right? It's people behind the screen, behind the emails that are hiring me. And um, there are a lot of times when I feel that I'm probably the best choice for a position and yet the people just don't buy it. But then there are the jobs that I personally don't think will fit me, but um, that I'm just invited to for an interview for. Is that even English? Anyway, the point is... Um, the point is... In terms of job hunting, uh, ultimately, it's still the people who are deciding my life. And, and, and yes, of course, I am the person who has the power to, to reject or to accept an offer. But, you know, I'm not exactly the kind of person who has so many offers that I could just choose uh, from one of them. Often, um, it's just there's just one obvious choice. Um, at the time that I need a job, right? And um, I do have the power to reject it, but um, most of the time, if it's being... Like, I think I th I'm the kind of person if, you know, that tends to accept <laughs> in terms of a job offer, uh, which is why, um, as some of you might know, I ended up being quite miserable um, in my previous job, the one I recently quit. Um and it's because in a way like just by virtue of getting um invited for the interview and being accepted to the company i already feel that i am quite welcomed um and um so in a way the job invitation is for me it feels quite personal even though technically it's not it's you're just like a part of the machine but I can kind of understand how people, especially if they're young, how they 
um, let's say they are open to working extra hours in the company for free. Of course, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but I've been there and I've I kind of know that um, you know how important it is to to be accepted immediately after after graduation or something like that, and. So for me, um, getting accepted to a job, really, um, it's a gut thing. Like I, it's really difficult once a person, your the HR writes you an email and you receive it, and it's really quite difficult to um, take that out of your mind for a sec and just like research that line of job or just research that company thoroughly, um, and. Um, and then come up with an objectively good answer to, to 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 the job hunting, right? I think, or maybe I'm just too unpopular in the job market, and so any job that comes up, I'll accept. But that might be the case. But I do understand that sometimes when you get that email, it feels very very personal, and it feels that um, it's an invitation to become a friend or something like that. And uh, so you get you get swayed very easily, and uh, ultimately you gotta get swayed by some company, not just one, uh, like the first one that sends you an email. But um, obviously, if you eventually end up in one com- company, it means that you must have been persuaded by that company, right? And uh, I feel that that persuasion most likely has nothing to do with anything objective. Uh, a lot of people accept jobs that are not objectively speaking the highest paying one or the in the best location or the best for year uh, their career like there's there must be some personal reason to accept a job at the time and i think i suspect or you know okay i don't suspect i've just talked about myself for me um it's because the job fits into the story of my own life that's why i would accept it and I don't know if you do it at all. Uh, it might be a stupid thing to do. Um, maybe it's just better to go with the data and go with like the best job ever in my own ability. But for me, it's important to justify my choice based on whether or not it fits into the storyline of my biography. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a big revelation. That's how irrational I, I was um, but you know when I was writing in my journal when I had to make a decision it seems like I was quite rational I would make the list I would do a pros and cons and I would write out all the possibilities but in retrospect it seems like whenever I'm doing this kind of pros and cons comparison I already have an answer in my mind I'm just trying to convince myself um, that my thinking is correct um, it's not like I just write out pros uh, if I've secretly accepted the the um, the offer. It's just that um, I think in the end, the writing is just a process to uh, tell myself that, look, you're not being irrational about this. You've tried to write this pros and cons and that's and you made the decision after making the list. So your decision must be rational. And I don't know, you know, there's no way to tell because it's just all either you're doing it in the moment and it would be contradictory to tell yourself that, oh, you're making the list for the sake of making a list. It's not really for making a decision. You know, that's not it's not feasible. It's not possible to to split into two 
at that point and tell yourself that. But at the same time, if you're looking at it from from um, you know in retrospect, then of course you're gonna lean heavily towards whatever theory you hold about your own life right now. Okay, I'm making this too complicated. The point is just that. Um, the point is just that I feel that the list and the justifications that I made um, on the spot could just be um, a facade. I think ultimately I made the decision at the time because I wanted to. And there was something that is mysteriously attractive at the time that I could not pinpoint and write down. But there was just I was just attracted to it at the time. And so I made the decision right then um, that way. And that's just about jobs. Like if jobs that that are you know quite like, that have so many aspects that um, could be quite rational, and you could just list them out. Um, for me, I think when it comes to people in my life, I think it's the same thing as well. Um, I still go over a lot of the relationships um, I had in the past, and I try to think about how things turned out a certain way, and like how I, how I was feeling about someone um, in at the time, and how I'm feeling about them right now, and what I should have done to uh, reprimand the relationship, or if I should go back and keep in contact with some person. I still think I think about this a lot, but I feel like in the end, I've just got to trust the me in the past like um as i said i keep a journal but you cannot know everything about yourself in the journal and there are just some parts of you that are forever lost in the moment and yet i feel that in the moment um my gut feeling must be strong enough to make that decision about a particular person and or to keep the relationship a certain way and um because and that's the conundrum right like you in a way you always feel like you're probably getting wiser and wiser every day or you would hope that you're getting wiser and wiser every day and therefore there must be something horribly wrong that you did in the past and yet every moment that you make a decision i feel like um you must be making it believing that it's the best thing to do at the moment right so I don't know. Like it's it's something I can never figure out and I'm still trying to think about this right now. And I'm thinking about this right now because um at this moment I'm facing something that requires my decision and um and um there are two choices, either yes or no. And if I said yes, I would broadly categorize it as a oh going with the gut feeling kind of thing and if I say no I would categorize it as um, the, the rational thing to do you know the thing that an adult person would do and as you can tell I'm really tempted to say yes and yet when I discuss this with my friends most of them would say you should just go for no and there's no way you should do it and you definitely you just can't do it <laughs> and and so I'm like sitting right here right now talking about gut feeling versus irrational rational stuff um and um I feel like ultimately um and I'll say yes 
And uh, I don't know if I regret it or not. I just know that if I if I say no, I'll probably wonder about this moment forever, and I might regret it. I really don't know. And so I'm just working this out because there's just so many things you hear, and you really don't know uh, what kind of advice you should take. Should you take the advice of the commonsensical friends? Uh, by commonsensical, I mean they have more of a common sense than you do. Should you listen to your gut? Should you go for the big data? And whatnot. Like, it's just too complicated, and I'm just so confused. Now, as for um, big data for personal things, um, that's a thing that I want to discuss as well. Um, I have uh, started this habit of just looking, just Googling anything about my personal life whenever I'm a bit confused about another person's action. I would just Google and I, I would look up on, on Reddit and on other sites and just to see what other people have experienced. And most of the time, Google is quite useless. Um, which is the beauty of life, where most of the things in life you just you just cannot find an answer for, and you got to make your own decision. You got to create your own story. Um, but there are a few times when it's a common situation that a lot of people have had before, and they share their experience. And I do go over these um, as much as possible, and um, and. And yet I find that the point of going over these um, advice or sharing, um, the point of that is not really to find the solution for me. It's really to confirm whether the solution I already have in mind is a good one. So in the end, um, what I'm trying to say is that maybe ultimately your gut feeling is still the one that's determining most of your decisions and your actions and you just justify your gut feeling with data <laughs> I don't know maybe that's just me um, and I think that's something that's really personal in that um, I used to think I'm this data driven person and um, that I'm really rational and I try to make the best choices and um, yet I think Today is the day when I discovered that I'm actually the complete opposite and I'm a hopeless romantic. And that's what people say about me as well, the people who know me. Um, I might be actually a hopeless romantic and I'm doing a lot of things quite irrationally and I'm just crazy. <laughs> and in order to survive um, or feel alive in this world, I got to pretend that I'm being rational. So I make a lot of lists. I do... Um, I try to justify my um, thinking with a lot of writing. I try to talk this over uh, with a friend, but ultimately I'm still very um, driven by my own intuition. And I think I even take pleasure in that, in making a wrong decision, because when I feel miserable, there's just more story to tell. <laughs> so that's something very, very... Uh, horrific, I think, to realize about yourself that you actively take joy in making the wrong decision, isn't it? Like, I don't know if this is something anyone else has experienced where um, you secretly enjoy the feeling that you are wrong. <laughs> it just sounds so wrong and absurd when I say it out loud, but I, I, I think this might be my thing. I think um, this is this might be my central philosophy, even that 
I pretend that I am completely rational, that I do all the calculations, that I consult any everyone possible, and I go look up the internet stuff um, and try to be just like try to gather as much as possible before I make a decision. When in fact, I've already secretly done it. Um, make the decision in my subconscious or something, and I'm just trying to justify my wrong choice um, by, you know, going on the internet and criticizing people who have uh, chosen otherwise, and <laughs> or like uh, secretly criticizing my friends while dis- discussing this with them, and ultimately choosing what is uh, wrong. On, um, objectively speaking and yet and and living a miserable life but enjoying that drama enjoying that misery and uh feeling that that's what makes my life a unique story um maybe that's that's the gist of my whole life maybe i'll keep doing this (laughs) i really don't know really um and um i don't know what to say you know i don't i don't have a conclusion for this um it's just that it's just that maybe um, the intuition versus data thing is a false issue. It's a false division where maybe ultimately we all um, decide based on our intuition, but we just lie about that by presenting the data, right? Um, or maybe it's the opposite. You know, maybe some people do make their decision by following their data and. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you could truly do that. Um, And the thing is, that's another part that's profound about this episode, which is that I really really do think that um, every single person has a unique story. And the story comes not because they're so smart and they're so wise in making their decisions. I think the story comes precisely because they're not so wise and that um, they do the choices that are not objectively the best and that they um, have a bunch of emotions that follow the semi-wrong choices I don't know Um, and another thing about you know when I was thinking about this is the is the before trilogy I know you know this which is the before sunrise before sunset before midnight trilogy Um, it's definitely my go-to movie whenever I'm confused about my life and um and I've I've had a new new understanding of the trilogy in that obviously I'm approaching the age of the second movie right now, so I sort of um lean towards, you know, I understand the second movie a lot more and eventually maybe one day I'll be the person who understands the third movie one uh a lot more. Because so far I don't really like the third movie. But the point is just that um when I was young, when I was 14, we're not even, yeah, not before I was an adult, I saw the movie and I thought that, I thought that the first movie before sunrise was the most romantic thing ever that you, you could just meet a stranger um, during a trip and you could just go with them and just share the whole night with them and talk about life and all that. And then as time goes by, I realized that this is not, this is not a romantic thing at all. I think that's out of a choice. And um, it, Celine chose to to get off the train, right? She chose to trust him, and he chose to invite her. And uh, it's a choice they made together. And uh, 
maybe that's the thing that makes it beautiful. Like the thing that seems rom- romantic and spontaneous, ultimately it's a it's a result of the choice that you make in life. And uh, how you make that choice is another question, and that's something I'm trying to discover right now. Like ultimately, it's a choice, but maybe it's a choice. It's it's romantic because it's a choice that you do out of your intuition. Definitely, they probably didn't have enough information at the time to you know calculate how much each other might be a cycle and that that they might be killed in the trip or something like that. But um, they don't have that time and they just went with their intuition. They went, uh, they went for each other and they had a great day, day, great night together. That's that. Um, but ultimately this is not like a chance event. I think, I think it's pretty clear to me that, um, they, yes, of course, the fact that they're both on the train at that moment was a chance event, but everything after that was a choice. Right. And so, they chose to 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 take some action instead of just going with their own plan, and so maybe that's the that's the thing that's why people like this movie so much because it just mirrors their own life in in many ways where uh the best things that happen are the things that we do against our plans um maybe I don't know, <laughs> so yeah, so like the more times I watch it, the more. Um, like the more understanding I have of that movie where where um, the chemistry yes there's this part about the chemistry but it's not exactly chemistry either it's really also a choice where they keep they chose to keep the conversation going they chose to um, try to understand or get to know the other person a little bit more and um, it's still a choice that they're making so in a way, it's still romantic, but it's not romantic because it's a spontaneously, uh, like a event that just drops on your head spontaneously. It's a it's romantic because it's a choice based on intuition, and that's sort of the general thing I want to talk about today. Um, and as for the second and the third movie, again, it's really about choices as well. They choose to stick to each other. They choose to. Um, still drop by you know that that french bookstore to see what's going on like knowing that um he might be there and all that so that's why i like this this trilogy i feel like really it's not about being romantic it's about trusting your gut and making the choice based on trusting your gut and now i'm saying all of this because i think i'm about to make like a big decision but that's totally wrong totally irrational but still um it's something i want to do because it could be stemming from my gut instead of like doing some rational analysis and it's totally against what all my friends are advising but i still want to do it and i'm a little bit excited about that and that's why i'm like i urgently want to record this just to record how i'm feeling about this whole thing right now i might die because of the decision i don't know but i i think i'll regret regret it badly if i don't make this decision so we'll see (laughs) i'll keep you updated if anything good comes out of it if not you know um i'll still talk about it i think definitely so um i haven't made the decision yet all right it's just that it's really exciting right now just to think about the the making that decision and knowing that it's totally wrong and i feel really naughty about it (laughs) 
but still, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm really, really torn because if I say yes to this thing that's going on in my life right now, um, I'm totally not being the rational adult I should be. Um, at the same time, if I say no, I feel like my life is just stagnant and I don't know what's going to happen. But the last time that I say yes like this, it was deciding to come to this town and take this job. And the result, I don't know if it's good or bad, um, it led me to this next big yes I might be doing. So, oh, it's just a fascinating thing. I think, you know, the whole life thing is just fascinating. So, um, I don't know. Well, thank you very much for listening to me. And I hope uh, I'll talk to you soon. And I hope I'll be alive still in another, you know, 50 years or so. And I'll keep recording this podcast. And maybe this will be the longest living podcast ever. And in 50 years, I'll come back to this episode. And I can tell myself you've made the right choice or the wrong choice. But who knows? So for now, I'm just uh, very nervous, but very excited. And I'll keep you updated. Ah, talk to you later. Bye-bye.